Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Random History Podcast. In this episode, I shall be continuing my Peloponnesian War series by covering the first part of the conflict, the so-called Arcadamian War, which was fought for a 10-year period from 431 to 421 BC. So the thing to know is that Sparta and its allies, excluding Corinth, were almost exclusively land-based powers, and were able to summon quite large land armies, and thanks to the Pretty much at this point, and even today, legendary Spartan forces, these were nearly unbeatable. And the Athenian Empire, on the other hand, though they were though they were based on the peninsula of Attica, they were spread out across the islands of the Aegean Sea, and they ended up growing its, um, their immense wealth and drawing their immense wealth through tribute from these islands, which led to Athens maintaining its empire through a naval power and having a quite powerful and quite great navy, and due to the fact that these two sides were pretty much completely opposite in their strength, they were really unable to fight decisive battles. So then, during the first war, the Sparta strategy, strategy, which was actually, at this point, they were being led by Archidamus II, who, as you can probably tell, the Archidamian War is named after, and their goal was basically, we're going to invade the land surrounding Athens, and this was successful at depriving Athens of all the productive land and resources around the city, However, Athens itself was able to keep access to the sea and maintain a reasonably similar standard of living. They didn't really suffer too much. In addition, many of the citizens in Attica, the region of Attica, ended up abandoning their farms and moving inside the long walls. These were a quite famous set of walls, almost six kilometers in length, which connected Athens to the port, its port of Piraeus, and after the first year of the, of the war, Pericles would give his quite famous funeral oration, one of the most famous speeches of all time. Our thing is that the Spartans were not able to hold a continual, a continual occupation of Attica. They could only usually be there for around three weeks at a time, often, and because th- this was due to the fact that, in the earlier tra- as part of the tradition of early hoplite warfare. And just hoplite warfare in general, the soldiers had to come home to help and help out in the harvest. In addition, the Spartans particularly had to make sure that the helots were kept under control, as these were a massive slave force that did outnumber them. I believe this is probably not an exact number, but they were at least three times as many helots as Spartans, and probably closer to eight or not ten. Which led to the fact that led to their longest invasion being a total of forty days. And the Athenian strategy, on the hand, was was initially guided by the general Pericles, and the goal was avoid open battle with the both more numerous and better skilled Spartan hoplites, and instead rely on a fleet. And, this, and as a result, the Athenian fleet, which at this point was the most dominant fleet in Greece, went on the offensive, ended up winning a victory at Napoctus, and what's ended up destroying, or not destroying, but greatly damaging and driving off a fleet of Peloponnesian ships. However, they ended up being struck by a outbreak of plague in 430 BCE, which ended up ravaging their city. And actually, in the long run, this plague would end up be meant to be for many would be a major reason for the declines of the city and its eventual defeat in the war. And the sea, this plague was quite deadly, wiping out over thirty thousand people in the city, including Pericles and his sons. And then also leading this also led to a death of death of between one and th- two-thirds of the total Athenian population. And this, as as a result of this, the manpower of Athens was quite greatly reduced, and 
They also suffered from the fact that now foreign, foreign mercenaries were refusing to go work for a city that was suffering from plague. And actually, the fear of this plague was so widespread that the Spartans ended up temporarily abandoning their invasion of Attica because their troops were unwilling to risk becoming sick from the infected enemy, or the diseased enemy. And after the death of Pericles, the Athenians ended up going against or kind of re reversing from his more conservative and defensive strategy on land, instead focusing on trying to bring war to Sparta and its allies. And a very important figure at this time was Cleon, who was a more militarist, militaristic member of the quite hawkish faction of the Athenian democracy, who was in favor of conflict, at this point, led militarily by a new general, Demosthenes, not to be confused with the later Athenian orator, Demosthenes. They ended up managing, the Athenians ended up managing some successes as they continued to launch their naval raids on the Peloponnese Peninsula, which is where the Pel Peloponnesian League was centered. They also ended up stretching their military activities all the way into Boeotia and Aetolia. And they, quote, a revolt in Mytilenia and began to fortify posts throughout the Peloponnese. Or Peloponnese, not throughout it, but around it. And one of these posts ended up being near Pylos on a tiny island called Sphacteria. This is where the first course of the war returned in the favor of Athens. And the post of Pylos ended up striking Sparta where it was weakest. And its weakness, of course, was its dependence on Helots, who were the ones who ran the field while the citizens became soldiers. And the Helots did make the Spartan system possible for operation. However, they were also its greatest weakness. And now this new post off pilot is quite, quite close to Sparta began getting t many runaway helots. In addition to this, the fear of a general revolt by the helots due to the fact that all these Athenian troops nearby might embolden them and also end up driving the Spartans to action against this group and against this these fortresses. However, Demosthenes would outmaneuver the Spartans at the Battle of Pylos in 425 BC and would trap a group of Spartan soldiers on Sphacteria as he waited for them to surrender. However, after weeks, he would end up proving unable to finish off the Spartans, and Cleon would end up actually putting the battle to an end, despite the fact that he had lacked experience and he did set the next Battle of Sphacteria, or the Battle of Sphacteria, and at this, in a shocking turn of events, 300 Spartan hoplites who were surrounded by Athenian forces would surrender. This ended up quite greatly damaging this image of almost invulnerability and, if not invulnerability, great strength that the Spartans had. As of remember, that it was 300 men who at the, or 300 Spartans and some allies who at the Battle of Thermopylae were able to hold off a massive Persian force for many days. And now they're losing to a Athenian force, which is not exactly great for their image and their morale. And the Athenians end up jailing the hostages from this battle in Athens, and they resolved that they would execute the captured Spartans if the Peloponnesian armies chose to raid, invade At At Attica again. And after these battles, the Spartan general Brasidas would end up raising an army. Army, sorry, man, I am saying a, I am missing a lot of words today. An army of both allies and helots, and he would end up marching throughout Greece. Or not throughout Greece, but marching through most of Greece to reach the Athenian colony of Amphipolis, Amphipolis in Thrace, which ended up controlling several nearby silver mines, which are quite valuable to the war fund of the Athenians, as this supply of silver was quite important to fund it. And through cities ended up being dispatched with a force, which was too late to stop Persidus from capturing Amphipolis. And through cities ended up being exiled due to his failure. Failure, which actually led to him 
which actually led to him having conversations with both sides of the war, which ended up leading him to record its history, which is kind of cool to think that the Peloponnesian War is what encouraged the cities to write about the Peloponnesian War, which honestly does make sense, actually. That's kind of how most people get encouraged to write about an event. They get encouraged by the event, but his actual involvement in the war and his actual exile, rather than preventing him from being able to write about the war, is actually what led to him writing about it in the first place. And both Bastidus and Cleon would later be killed in the Athenian efforts to retake the city of Amphipolis. And eventually, the Spartans and Athenians would agree to exchange these hostages for the towns that the... That that they would exchange the hostages who were being held in in Athens from Sphactera would be exchanged for the towns captured by Bastidus, and they would sign a truce. And now I'm going to go cover the piece of Nicias before I will... Sign off for the this episode and then move on to the next one. So thank you for that. Now that Cleon and Brissett were dead, who were both of whom were quite zealous war hawks for their respective nations, the peace of Nicias was able last for a good six years. However, while this was a overall peace, there was still quite a lot of constant smirking in and around the Peloponnese, and while the Spartans were prevent themselves were not acting in response, some of their allies began to talk about revolt. And then being supported in this by the city of Argos, which was a quite powerful state within the Peloponnese, which had remained independent of Lacedaemon, aka Sparta. And with the support of the Athenians, the people of Argos, the Argives ended up forging a coalition of democratic states within the Peloponnese, including the two powerful states in Mantinea and Elis. And early attempts by the Spartans to break up this coalition failed, which led to their leadership of the King Aegis being called into question. And emboldened by this failure by the Spartans, the Argives, and the new allies, with the support of a small Athenian force under the control of Alcibiades, moved to take the city of Tegea near Sparta, leading to the Battle of Mantinea, which is actually the largest land battle fought within Greece during the Peloponnesian War. And at this point, the Lacedaemonians, aka the Spartans, alongside their, their neighbors, the Tegeans, faced the combined armies of Argos, Athens, Mantinea, and Arcadia. And in this battle, the Allied forces were first early successful early on. However, they managed to, they did not manage to capitalize on these successes, which led to the Spartans eventually being able to defeat them. And the result led to a complete victory for the Spartans, which both rescued their city from the brink of a quite devastating strategic defeat and broke up the new democratic alliance with most of its members being brought back into the Peloponnesian League's fold and becoming members once again. And with its victory at Mantinea, Sparta ended up pulling itself back from the brink of a total defeat and helped reestablish hegemony throughout the Peloponnese. Thanks for listening, everyone. And before I head off, I'm gonna sign off. I'm going to go real quick sum up what happened in this episode. So, in the Archimedian, Archidamian War, we'd see a, series, a serious disconnect between the styles that the Spartans and Athenians fought. The Spartans and its allies, excluding Corinth, of course, were quite heavily land-based powers, who led them being able to field quite large and quite powerful land armies, especially Sparta with their famous Spartan forces. And the Athenian Empire, the underhead, was a much more heavily sea power, and while it was based on the peninsula of Attica, it was spread out throughout the islands of the Aegean, and got its wealth from tributes paid from these islands, and up creating a massive naval fleet, fleet as a result of these tributes and as well as all this reliance on all these neighboring islands which led to them not only be able to fight decisive battles with one another because there was just this massive disconnect in the ways they fought 
So the Spartans ended up coming with a strategy that they were going to go invade Attica, especially the lands around Athens. And while this was successful at making sure that Athens could not access any of these productive lands around the cities, Athens did not really suffer too much as they still maintained their sea access due to the fact that this massive, nearly, I believe, six-kilometer wall that connected them to their port of Piraeus. This would also see the famous funeral oration. I think it was that the Spartans weren't able to occupy Attica for around three weeks extra time because they had to send home their soldiers to help in harvest, and the fact that the Spartans relied heavily on a massive slave population forced them to be back so that they did not leave their slaves too guarded for too long, unguarded for too long, which led to the fact that the longest invasion would only be 40 days. And the Athenians would initially be somewhat aggressive, but this would, aggressiveness would be increased after the death of Pericles and the as part of a quite devastating plague which would actually help set up Athens for an eventual defeat. And the Athenians would actually be quite successful at Sphacteria, which was part of their adventure to build a series of posts on islands throughout and around the Peloponnese. And this actually ended up leading to them seizing several, uh, nearly 300, actually I believe it was more than 300 Spartans and allies. However, they were forced to return these hostages after the Spartans were successfully able to seize the city of Amphipolis and several other towns, cutting off the Athenians from their major supply of silver, which helped fund them. And with, however, these efforts, to, to, the efforts to retake the town before the troops would kill off both Basidius and Cleon, and to the fact that these people were major warhawks. And they were now gone. The peace was able to last in multiple years, however. The peace of Nicaeus saw major conflict, a uh, major skirmish, not major, but like constant skirmishes. And also saw a new coalition formed by Ar- Argos and other Democratic states within the Peloponnese. However, this coalition would be broken later on due to the, due to the defeat of the coalition and their Athenian allies at the Battle of Mantinea. Thanks for listening to everyone, and once again, this was the Random History Podcast.